0: Minus three with Dave Damaschek. Hi and hello, sports fans, and happy anniversary to everyone at Extra Points, including you, Eddie Spaghetti. I know you're a late comer to the the network here, but muzzle tub to Cousin Sal and uh, the boss man, Toby, everybody else on down. But great thanks. I don't think we really started cooking with gas until the arrival of one Eddie Spaghetti. Um, Quite a thing. I say it all the time. And it doesn't make a difference if it's uh, talking into a microphone and flapping your gums about sports and ranking fruit or if you work in a bank or whatever it is you do. If you get to do it with your pals, you're cheating life. And so we're officially cheating life, Eddie Spaghetti um and uh let's just chop up sports a little bit here we're kind of in uh, full disclosure no jive we pull back the curtain here on the program and here on minus three today we're recording a few days ahead of schedule because we are off to go and celebrate with uh with our big toe what did I call him a couple weeks ago I can't remember what I tried to call him but we'll call him our big toe cousin Sal is, um, is celebrating his 50th birthday. So we're looking forward to joining him and doing all that. And we're also looking forward to some football action. Spaghetti, it's one day closer. Actually, if you're listening now, you, the, you who's listening, you're a couple of days closer to football than me and Spaghetti are having this conversation right now. We may be joined by a guest to talk about football and the game of life. But in the meantime, Eddie Spaghetti. How are you?
1: I'm good. Uh, I am very excited uh, for our Vegas trip, not only to just be in Las Vegas and to partake in activities there, but to finally meet uh, most of the staff because everything has been very virtual. So really outside of you, I'm, I don't think I've met a single other employee. And Martin, uh, you and Martin are the only two people I've met in person uh, at Extra Points. But And also, yes, Mazel Tov to one-year anniversary of Extra Points. Great network, very happy to be here. But yes, it'll be a very, very fun weekend for all of us.
0: And listen, you know, again, abiding by the no jive policy. I love basketball. I love, love, love hockey. I love uh, the college sports, baseball. Okay, uh, it, that's also a sport. Um, as are the Olympics, uh, uh, a gaggle of sports. But no jive. Football is where it's at. You know, that's uh, that's the main event for us, and so we're very excited about. That coming up here, and at the time of this recording, it does sound like Aaron Rodgers is going to play at least one more year with the Green Bay Packers. We'll see where he is in 2022, and Deshaun Watson is out there. There are at least um, rumors, or I I think it's, uh, it's confirmed that the Texans are not willing to trade him. The issue is, who's going to take him? By the time you're listening to this, perhaps he has been traded, as they say. You know, people always, when... Anything gets sideways for a player, it's always announced. Well, that's it for that guy. Who's ever going to touch that guy again? If he can still play, there will always be somebody who's willing to go out and get him. In this case, though, how much are you willing to give up for a guy whose future is so uncertain? You don't know. In the short term, are you going to give up first round draft picks for a guy who might be shelved for all we know for half the the twenty twenty one season? I don't know. I don't want to talk about that. Let's say, you know what. I want to go through, because it's worth going through over and over again in uh, in this reporter's opinion, um, the season win totals, who you think is going to win, and that, those can change all through the month of August as we don't consume, unlike the rubes out there. You probably will watch preseason football. But remember, it's a Civil War reenactment. It only looks real. None of it applies to what you're going to see in September and beyond. It's an audition for borderline guys. I don't know why anybody would ever put any relevant player out on why any coach or GM would allow anybody who he expects to produce in the regular season, why you would risk injury in these, uh, civil war reenactments. Um, so I avoid those because they only trick your brain. I just, I'm going to ride with what I already know about these things as we move forward quickly though. Um, to start it off, Eddie Spaghetti, what would be, um, your walk-up
1: song if you were a big league ball player? Oh, that's a good one. Um, I think you want something with a good, fast intro that gets people going. I would, you know, what's a good one? Uh, Bob O'Reilly by the Who, I think, is a good one. I think.
0: Really? Wow, yeah. that's a yeah. surprising. I can't believe it's not Pearl Jam.
1: Yeah, I don't know if there's a Pearl Jam song that's good for walk-up music. Like, Baba just has, like, that intro, obviously, is uh, iconic, and it gets – if you hear it, you just automatically want to start getting up and dancing, and uh, it feels like it's energetic. So, I, yeah, I would go – I mean, I love The Who. Um, the, the You know, Quadrophini is one of my favorite albums ever, so I'm I'm okay with picking a song by The Who.
0: But wouldn't their most famous song be a good one to walk up to? Because it's like a start of something. It doesn't. They're not going to join during the chorus, right? So it's like... <laughs> I don't
1: think... I, I I don't know. I wouldn't pick... A, I mean, nah, I don't know. There's no... The most iconic intro or a Pearl song is probably Jeremy. I'm not going to pick Jeremy as a walk-up song because that's sending the wrong message. So I think
0: uh <laughs> That yeah. would send a weird message. I think uh what about uh some uh something from um Bad Motorfinger? Soundgarden would be Soundgarden's a, a lot to of good ones. Well, Rusty
1: Cage, like you know, like that there's a couple good intros to that uh, that are hard, but um I yeah, I mean I, I think Baba is is still a, a good pick. It's one of the best songs I've ever heard and I, I think that like that intro it'll it'll it, it's it's a song that's more it's popular enough that a large gap of people will understand and hear it like, sound grinds like oh what is this like a lot of people may not know it's a little heavier metal kind of so I think Bob is a crowd pleaser
0: I think see to me you want to take advantage of it yeah you can be cute and vain and like this is the kind of music I'm into everybody and if you if this music appeals to you you should um, uh, you know, uh, you should like me and buy my jerseys and all that kind of stuff. To me, I would use it as a chance to psychologically get one over on the picture that I was facing, you know? I would like, I would um, maybe try to duet them kind of thing. Like try to, I, I'd maybe have them play um, the Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper song from, uh, what's it called, from that movie, you know? Like, yeah, I would just like, the music would come on I'd be like... Tell me something, boy, aren't you tired trying to fill that void? But I would be like, but I would make sure I'd step out of the batter's box. I'd be like, time, time, ump. And I'd be like, uh, you don't bring me flowers. And then, and then like, he'd be spooked, you know, he would think like, this guy might be in love with me. Then he would throw the ball. He would try to bean you in the head, and then guess what? You're a base runner, and you're on. Uh, you're you're going the ninety feet to to first base.
1: I weirdly think that's a good picking shallow from uh, a star is born. I think is actually a pretty good answer because it would make the pitcher laugh, and like they would be thrown off their game, and you would have the advantage.
0: Uh, but maybe it would. You know what? Maybe it would turn into an actual duet. You know, maybe it would just turn into. All, um, a thing with me in the picture, just singing out there like, ah, "I'm of the deep end." Like you be the picture, spaghetti, please. I'm de- like I'm doing. De- like look, look at you. I'm of the deep end. Watch as I dive in. I'll never leave the ground. From the shallow now. Then he would beam me, and then I would take the base. And now I'm a threat on the base paths, too, as you know, with my speed. Maybe it's not the speed, but I have the cunning of a mongoose, and that'll be enough to get me into scoring position. Next thing you know, I'm crossing home plate, getting high fives, and the pitcher's thinking, what happened there? I just got uh, gaga you know? Anyhow, Kanye West is living in, uh, apparently, in the Mercedes Benz Stadium in Atlanta, yes, we, that's all the Vogue with uh, with people now. Trump lives in a golf course, and Kanye West lives in a stadium. Eddie Spaghetti, where would you like to live? What stadium would you like to live in?
1: So, thinking about this, the best stadium experience I've had. It was San Francisco Giants Stadium, which they changed the name constantly. I know it used to be like Pac-Bell and it used to be AT&T. That was the best experience, but it gets too cold there and it gets foggy. So I'm trying to think of a stadium that I'm familiar with. And years back uh, when we went to the Combine for NFL, I spent quite many days inside Lucas Oil, and I know – the every inch of that stadium and so just through the fact that i know how to navigate the stadium that's gonna be my pick it's a boring pick why are you picking indianapolis but the answer is because i feel i would feel comfortable because i'm like oh okay i've been here if i had picked a stadium i would never been to you would just you it's this humongous cavernous thing where you're just you don't know where to go like where are the exits where are the like the best food spots like at least lucas are it's like okay i know i know where the 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 bottom like the the locker rooms are i know where the owner's booths are i know where the good food spots are like i feel comfortable there i've been every part of that stadium and that even more so than MetLife or giant stadium or yankee stadium or anything else so i would uh, i would probably pick there actually what am i saying i'm just gonna pick my square garden <laughs> hey Bob, I, that's exactly <laughs> yeah, right what's wrong with As i'm imagine? talking about yeah just pick msg yeah msg is iconic it's the best thing ever so msg is the answer sorry sorry i forget well, the whole lucas oil thing
0: Well, you know, yeah, this is – in this thought experiment, I guess there are some rules. Like if you're Kanye West, you probably just don't walk out and like, I'm going to go find something to eat because if you're Kanye West, you can't just go walk and mill around or you're, you know, uh, dozens of people will pounce within 30 seconds and want autographs and otherwise. Um, Also, if you live there – um, I assume you have a luxury box and then the games are a factor. So right now, I, would, I wouldn't I want Wrigley unless I wanted to sleep a lot because then it'd be like, wow, it's, are these people making a racket out there while I'm trying to take a midday nap, You know, playing baseball out on the field. Will you keep it down out there? Kind of thing might happen. But I think Wrigley would be good because there's a game every day to watch. Um, And you could conceivably walk out of the stadium to any number of bars and uh, and food places. I think that remains the most practical. MSG is pretty good in that regard, too.
1: Hmm. yeah I'd hang out at the chase bridge um hopefully they don't have the ice up it's the hardwood so I could uh, shoot some hoops you know because I'm also picturing when people are gone like at nighttime when it's, it's an empty stadium it's oh, just nice me. yeah so it's like I could turn the, the the theater lighting on I could shoot some hoops I could you know walk around the city and look at all the you know the pictures of all the famous concerts that were there and nice uh yeah. the food the food options are right there and it's remodeled MSG, so I think I'd be okay so i think that's, that's, I guess that's, that's, that's what pick. it
0: comes down to is what stadium has the best food. That's what – I mean, what, who are we kidding? You and me, Eddie Spaghetti. That would be the final choice. Like, if you have the run of the food options there, um, as far as that goes, the new stadium in Los Angeles, that place has a lot of good food joints in it. Um, that, by the way, reminder, remains my Super Bowl pick. Aaron Rodgers, back or not, I do think now if Rodgers is playing – I think re- realistically with the melodrama, if we are going to, for this conversation, put that in the rearview mirror here, Eddie Spaghetti, are the Packers then the team to beat in the NFC? Because I, what I was going to say is I think SoFi Stadium, which is hosting the Super Bowl, is going to have both home teams playing in it against one another in that Super Bowl. I know Cam Akers is out. Spoiler alert, other teams are going to have injuries to key players before the regular season kicks off. So they're just the first in this uh, sad reality of the way things are going gra- to break. I'm not going to write off the Rams because um, because of the injury. Um, but it does complicate matters because now there's a legit team that was pretty close to getting to the Super Bowl last year. How say you?
1: Yeah, I mean I thought the entire time that he was never leaving. So in my head I was always Packers are going to win the NFC North. Packers are going to be in the conversation to advance to the Super Bowl. Uh you know how, how many teams I think will be in the mix? 3 4ish. Yeah, how it always shakes out. But uh, I was trying to think it too as a as a fan, a fan of the Giants and bring us back to our east and they have the you know the the Giants have the Bears pick and I'm thinking will the Bears be more likely to play Justin Fields with Aaron Rodgers and the Packers or without it? I'm trying to think like, Oh, the Bears think they have a shot to win the division. They may stick with falls, the veteran. If Rodgers is playing and they're out of it, they may get fields more time. Well,
0: no, it's which, Dalton. They've already said it's going to be Dalton. Uh, uh, Dalton. Sorry. One. I know.
1: Why, I know I said falls uh, with, yeah, with Dalton, the veteran presence. And I'm like, instead of playing, uh, instead of playing Justin Fields, but that's what I was thinking back to. But anyway, back to the Packers. I mean, if they figure out, if they figure out Rogers, then then next comes Devante Adams. They will. Final way to keep Devonte Adams there—they're not going to Rogers won't come back if he sure. knows Devonte Adams is leaving. There's just no way it's happening. And yeah, there's uh, still although <laughs> that team. would
0: be great. If
1: Adams leaves for for Vegas uh, to go reunite with Derek Carr and Rodgers comes back and he's like, oh, now I, then he literally has nobody. But like I said, it's, it's his final year of the Packers. They'll get him next year. Jordan Love starts next season. And I think as constituted, they're a pretty good roster and you can say what you want about what the Packers have done for Rodgers at the pass catching part of the game, but they have drafted some fairly good players, especially on the defensive side of the football. So they're always going to be in the mix, the Packers.
0: I'm almost surprised Aaron Jones is back or and that they made that something that was important to them with A.J. Dillon sitting there. Um, and, and, and the thing that's got to be vexing, and it was true a year ago with all the stuff about Aaron Rodgers wasn't informed, and I completely get it. Uh, you know, the idea that the Packers were unaware that this might uh, put off their star quarterback, their franchise quarterback – of course, they were in the wrong on that one. Now, how far Aaron Rodgers chose to take this thing is another matter, but I completely get it. And to express any level of surprise or being miffed at how how could Aaron Rodgers do this, the issue was, and it went all the way through the title game, and even after it, you could say, if instead of drafting Jordan Love, if you drafted a receiver or a piece that was valuable to the 2020 campaign for the Packers, would that have been enough to get them past Brady's Buccaneers? We'll never know. That same dynamic exists as you go into this season. Even if it is, this is it with Aaron Rodgers, we're going to take one last run at it, last dance and all of that, you still wonder You could have traded Jordan Love this offseason and kept Aaron Rodgers for the next couple or few years. That probably what do I know? But I, I don't know what's in Aaron Rodgers head, but it sort of makes sense that if he was miffed about them taking Love instead of a receiver that he liked, the way to make that right is to trade Jordan Love to a team needing a quarterback, and get a a wide receiver or a pass-catching tight end in return. That seems like the obvious solution, and they're not going to do that. So then the same dynamic exists all through the year for Rodgers and for Packers fans at large is what could Jordan Love have been turned into? And as it also stands, uh, with Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, uh, you know, they— Rodgers, at this point in his career, obviously a dynamic playmaker and everything, but they could be as ground-heavy as anybody in the league if they choose to be. It could be very much what Tom Brady was in long stretches last year, what you might see in Pittsburgh this year with Roethlisberger, future Hall of Famer at QB, but mainly he is the passenger turning around and handing the ball off, asked to make a couple of big throws or a few big throws over the course of the game. Um, But I think the Packers really kind of spooked me on my rams to the Super Bowl pick because there are very few teams that really I could make much of a case for. The Niners are interesting. The Bucks still sit at plus 280 as the best team to win the AFC. The the um, And those are pretty good odds given, uh, really, at plus 280, they're the reigning Super Bowl champs. You have at the helm a seven-time Super Bowl champion at the most important position. That feels a Little undervalued, as a matter of fact, and it's owed to our ongoing cynicism that at some point this can't continue for Tom Brady to get to the Super Bowl. The Rams are plus 650 though, um, Packers are plus 700. I think that's a great bet, and that's gonna probably drop as things solidify. Um, with Rogers' return, I think the Packers are a, a good one to jump on too. If you ain't down with my Rams thought, and then after that, it really gets murky, Seahawks a um an incomplete feeling roster at least at plus 1100 and then it really starts to get loose it's a mate what really jumps out to me above everything else is the the nfc east's uh, uh, best odds are on the cowboys at plus 1500 down there with the vikings and the Jameis slash Taysom saints um i go packers there um to or or the rams would be my two Bets there, and, and yet I just point out to you that if you are a Brady believer at age forty three, plus two seventy. But that's that's the thing about Brady's entire career, whether it's in Tampa or New England. And I thought it was a product of the Belichick philosophy of just we got to make one, they're they're going to screw up one time, um, and that'll be the margin of victory for the Patriots. And it's hard to argue that that wasn't a winning formula when you look at the Patriots. Um, dynasty, or whatever else you want to call it, almost every game is a one-score game. Om- I mean, go back through the playoffs, certainly the Super Bowls. Very few games are double-digit margins of victory. And so it was, again, with Tampa Bay, it felt like through these play, it felt like, man, they could have lost that game if the one play went the other way. I don't know what magic Brady possesses or or uh, to what it's owed, um, but at plus 270, that feels juicy. Done. That's right. We're back on board with Team USA men's basketball. They gave what for to Iran. Okay, Eddie Spaghetti and I took Iran and all those points, but that's just because we were trying to inspire Coach Pop's gang. Mission accomplished. Now we're on board with the men's basketball team. Like I say, laying 22 and a half versus the Czech Republic on Saturday. Join us, won't you? Fanduel.com slash minus three is how you do it. The word minus, the number three, and Fanduel Sportsbook is hooking up new users with an epic Olympic bonus. Just place your first bet of at least $10 on any Olympic sport and get a $100 bonus, bet at least $20, and you'll get a $200 bonus. That's a bonus up to $200 regardless of the outcome of the bet to get you started. Like I say, Spaghetti and I are both waving the flag, red, white, and blue all the way. USA men's basketball to win, lay in 22 and a half against the Czech Republic. Remember, you'll get the bonus on any Olympic event, and you don't have to bet. On the men's basketball team, it's on any Olympic event. Like I say, baseball, soccer, track and field. Those are some other sports as uh, as examples. Promotions like this are just one of the reasons I love betting on America's number one sports book. Easy to use, it's safe and secure, fast payouts, and fun opportunities like the one I just described. So, like I say, join me and Eddie Spaghetti and anyone who wants a wave to wave the red, white, and blue a little bit. Um, As we watch these Olympics, do it, fanduel.com slash minus three, the word minus the number three. Uncle Sam and Dave want you to join us. All right, Spaghetti. let's do, should we do, do you prefer to do win totals or do you want to do division winners? So you know what? Let's revisit it again. I'll answer the question for you. Dallas Cowboys total is nine and a half over and under Available at minus one ten. How say you?
1: uh this is the one I struggle with because I don't know if I want to be the like I get I'll get accused of being a homer by wanting to pick the Giants to win the division. And that and that means they're going to be better than the Cowboys. But I've been on the Dak train for quite some time. I think the Cowboys will win over nine and a half games. I think they will get through the ten win mark. I think. Dak will be in the running for MVP, and I think that just the offense, along with the weapons they have, and him being fully healthy—if he's fully healthy, obviously—then they'll be that good. And I think you know this may be a hot take, but I—I I don't get the whole Zeke Elliott coming into camp at the weight like that he is at. That should be applauded because you know. He was like, "They're like, oh, he's the lightest he's been since he was a freshman at Ohio State." It's like, well, don't players notoriously lose weight as the season goes on? Like, you want your running back to be uh, less durable and uh, and and less like you know more prone to to getting hits. So, basically, my my point is that I think that it, the team goes as far as Dak goes. I think Dak will have a fantastic season, but I think that their major flaws, especially on the defensive side of the football, and if they can't run the football, will cost them. But I think that that should be okay. To get, and a seventeen game season, they could easily get to to ten victories.
0: Yeah, that is uh, something that you do want to re- keep reminding yourself of. It's a 17-game schedule. Um Cowboys are. I, I don't love the top-to-bottom roster. I do think Dan Quinn provides a bump for that defense, and uh, the offense should be borderline unstoppable because the offensive line, the thing that everybody pointed to, which then got to be an antiquated point, people were saying, well, they're the best offensive line of football. It's like, are you paying attention to what's, who's who's out there for the Dallas Cowboys? I know it's an easy thing to throw out. Best offensive line in football, not with the injuries and the departures um, for the people. People not paying attention. And uh, whether or not I am a huge Zeke Elliott guy, maybe he has. uh fountain of youth stuff going on for one more year. But as we've said, ad nauseum, it's diminishing returns with a, a running back in the NFL. And at this stage in his career, it's it's a little optimistic to expect uh, to be able to just lean on that guy. Although they do um, have some other options to hand the ball off there too. It's more about uh, Dak and the weapons he has to throw the ball to. I'm going to go barely over nine and a half wins at 10 there. Let's do your New York Giants though and it does matter to not just let it sit in a vacuum and expect what well, you know you hit on the right point there obviously whether you're a Cowboys fan or an Eagles fan or uh, or a Washington fan the the head to heads and how you think those are going to play out should swing the way you make these bets here i would think so the giants sitting there at 7 Over uh, minus one twenty five, go under at plus one hundred five. I know where you're going here, Eddie Spaghetti, but explain why you're going over.
1: Yeah, well, to start with the the in division games, having six games, you know, two versus the Cowboys, two versus Washington, two versus Philly, I would expect at least four wins out of those six. Uh, You know, I don't know if they're going to either sweep. I, th- I would expect sweeping the Eagles. I think it has to happen. I think the Eagles are clearly the worst team in the division. Uh, you know Fitzpatrick's coming out saying this is by far the best situation he's been in as being the guy. Uh, I mean, I don't know. It's offseason talk. I get their defenses loaded up front and people like them. I personally think the Giants have a better overall defense than what, the, what WFT has this upcoming season because of Patrick Graham, because of the insane depth they have at the secondary, and because of what they did in the draft, getting Ogilari and getting Lorenzo Carter back from injury, I think is a huge, huge upgrade. And their D-line does pretty good depth, too, even if they did lose Dalvin Tomlinson. So I like the Giants defensive unit more than the uh, WFT's defensive unit. And I just don't buy Fitzpatrick being a guy to to, you know, really when it matters to make you know to lead them to victory so i see the giants potentially sweeping them as well and then i'll say it's a coin flip between Dallas, you know they may win the their home game. The Giants win their home game, and then they split. So that alone helps them. Week one would also help them. No Aaron Rodgers for the Denver Broncos if he's staying with the Packers. I think that's an easily winnable game for the Giants. There's A few other games that I would expect them to win uh, as well. So you know it's a 17 game season, over under seven. If Daniel Jones is league average, if he's number 16 out of 32 quarterbacks, that's more than enough for them to get to get by seven wins, especially with Saquon Barkley coming back and the weapons they have at receiver. Yes, I know Kadarius Tony was put on the COVID list, but I think he'll be okay when, uh, you know, preseason rolls around here and having Kenny Galladay a big body target. Sterling Shepard's as good as it gets in the slot. And then, oh, by the way, Daniel Jones' favorite target, Darius Slayton, like who's going to cover him? Like there's so many weapons there. Kyle Rudolph to help out Evan Ingram at the tight end position massively plus in the blocking scheme for Saquon. You know, the Giants haven't had the, all last year, those 70 yard runs from Saquon that he just breaks loose. They're going to have that again now this year. And the other thing, too, is I know that I preach this and people don't believe it, but Having continuity with your offense, uh, with your offensive coordinator, with your head coach, with you know that goes a long way. Especially in last year's weird COVID offseason, they switched from going from Pat Shermer to now a team coach by Joe Judge and having Jason Garrett there. I'm hoping, crossing my fingers, that Freddie Kitchens is more involved in the offensive play calling and also with offensive line of the year in the books for Andrew Thomas, who was a lot better in the second half of the season. Getting Nate Solder back, whether that's for right tackle or for depth, either way, that's going to help. Like all these things are positives, and I think. Like I said, if he was if he's number sixteen of thirty two, that is more than enough to get the Giants to over seven wins. So I think, without a doubt, bet on the Giants. It's not me being a homer; it's just me being a logical football fan.
0: Well, you are a homer. I, I know you say you're not being a homer, but i you not. Knew where- you're I'm more not, of a homer not, than I, I am, even though I, you accuse me not, of being that's, a that homer. That is not true. I'm from critical of the Giants. I've, I've predicted the Giants. I'm I'm a cri- bat. I'm, cr- I'm critical of my team. You so the, I, the, that's you not you,
1: a, you 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 said they're they're better than like the Ravens and Browns and they're going to win all these games. Like, I I'm, did not I, say. I that's that's a complete misrepresentation. Me saying the Giants winning over seven games is not a homer. Just but but uh, don't make stuff up. Don't make stuff up.
0: I didn't say that the Steelers are going to be better than the Browns. I said the Browns are going to be the team to beat in the AFC North this year. What I did say is that the Steelers will finish with a better record than the Ravens. That's been that's been and that's a bold take. That counts as a bold take, given where everybody expects the the Steelers to fall with uh, with their quarterback and the assumption that that Ravens offense doesn't skip a beat despite the, the losses and the question marks on the offensive line and in the front seven. Now, if they get Chandler Jones, that can swing a division. If the Ravens could make a deal, and maybe they have by the time you're listening to this, if they could get um chandler jones then sure that would change things but as it stands they're, they're long in the tooth in their defensive front and they have questions on the offensive line and that offense just can't go if um if they're if that isn't a high-end o-line so um we'll see there but that's not the division we're talking about right now at a spaghetti to your point and i'm with you about washington what does what does fitzmagic typically do i am very skeptical and it's easy to be skeptical because all you have to do is look at the chances that ryan fitzpatrick has had when he has the full when he has the reins for the full season he tends to fall apart about halfway through things but he does come out of the gate strong so that's the real question they start things off with the chargers I love the Chargers this year. I think they're going to be the best team when it's all said and done. I think that's going to be the best team in a loaded AFC. So obviously, I'm going to take the Chargers um, going into our nation's capital to steal a win there. Then they have your Giants. Then they're at Buffalo, Washington is. And I don't love going through the schedule and predicating how what their win total is going to be based on the strength of schedule on last year. Injuries, the fluctuation year to year of, of most pro football teams is very different than any other. Do than any other sport. Play that game of like going through the schedule to determine how many games your team's going to win with other sports. In pro football, it really doesn't apply, the strength of schedule from last year. I'm saying that anecdotally. Maybe somebody can disprove me that when you have the toughest schedule in the league going into the year based on the previous season's results that you are negatively impacted by that. I generally think that the, the thing fluctuates year to year and then even within the season. What looks like a scary matchup as a, for instance, let's say at Green Bay in late Octo- uh, in late October – is um is scary now, but we don't know what Green Bay's going to look like by then. Maybe things will implode. Maybe Aaron Rodgers and and Guttenkunst will have a fight in the bowels of uh of Lambo, and everything will go south for them. So anyway, I don't want to make too much o- about what their schedule looks like. But just coming out of the gate, are they is Fitz probably is he tracking to? Does the schedule provide an opportunity for him to get off to his typical fast start? Chargers Giants at Buffalo at Atlanta New Orleans um Chiefs at Green Bay that doesn't sound like a team that's you know 6 and 1 6 weeks into the season um I do love what they have defensively. I, I love the young talent that they have defensively. But, yeah, I'm not crazy with Washington, and I think the Eagles are going to be bad. So then that boosts your team, the Giants' chances. Ergo, all that being said, I'm going over seven for your team. Congratulations, Eddie Spaghetti. You did it.
1: Well, thank you. And yeah, just to add my quick take on uh, Washington, I, I think they're a seven or eight win team, which puts them underneath eight and a half, which is what Fandle has them set at. Uh, problems in the offensive line, losing Morgan Mose. They're really, the only main say they've had there is Brandon Sheriff at right guard. And they're, you know, they're secondary. I know they took Landon Collins from the Giants, but by the way, not a great pass coverage safety. Giants the secondary looks a little bit better so those those teams are the two closest I think those things edge out the Giants just a little bit more than uh, WFT and yeah I agree the Eagles are they're trash totally garbage team so under under whatever they have
0: I'll convert yeah I'm with you I'm gonna go barely under I'm gonna go Washington at eight wins because the defense is too talented and they do they did add some nice pieces I just don't like the I, I know it makes me a curmudgeon the Fitzmagic thing is cute. I don't think it's a, a path to success. And Heineke, are they going to go to him? They, they have uh, uh, not a great um, quarterback room in a quarterback league. That probably is their undoing.
1: Um, especially it, especially it, with good weapons. Having Logan Thomas and Curtis Samuel, Terry McLaurin, Antonio Gibson is not bad. It's just the, the, like you said, problem at O line, problem at the quarterback is that that's their downfall.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, and Philadelphia. Is uh their win total seems lofty to me at six and a half. Um, a little too rich. Minus one fifty if you want to go over, go under it, plus one to twenty-five. That's the bet to me. I think Jalen Hurts is not a long-term answer. Um, they have a lot of question marks. The secondary beefed up a little bit, but um, the offensive line, which a lot of their success in the last half decade has been based around as a question mark the defensive front still good but you know uh, some of the pieces there, some of the more valuable pieces getting a um, uh, you know a little long or, or have been uh, around for maybe a little bit too long. And I generally say veteran leadership and all that stuff is nice. Give me the the um, the youth and I think that the Giants, and Gettleman deserves all the junk he's gotten. The big mistake was the biggest mistake was Saquon. The second biggest mistake was dimes, only because it's not diminishing dimes. It's just that there were other options. There would have been other options that probably present as an upgrade from Danny dimes. That being said, um, if the offensive line is good enough and then Saquon is getting going, you if he can perform at a middle-class level he doesn't have to be one of the high-end QBs of pro football for the Giants to win in this division he has to merely not turn the ball over a ton and um, get the ball to the playmakers around him I I, if you look at it in terms of if it boils down to Giants and um, and, and Washington's defense is probably the best in the division Um, and so that gives me some pause with with basing it all around Fitz magic, and that is the reason I'm going to downgrade them. So if it's the Giants and the Cowboys, the Giants have the better defense, right?
1: Uh, without a doubt. The Cowboys have— It's
0: not a world-beater defense, but it's but it's the second-best in the division. I think that's fair to say. I, right? I
1: think the Giants defense is actually pretty good. I think it's going to be their strong suit as to why they— uh, That's part of my brain is, like, if Daniel Jones is not playing, you know, not performing well— The Giants may just be like a ground and pound team and just they'll just shut you down with their defense. So, I mean, like it's, uh, you know, they show what they could do versus like Seattle last year. And and having Patrick Graham, who's a a wizard who thank, you know, the Lord that he did not want to move on to a head coaching gig, wanted to save the Giants and they added pieces and they're getting back uh, some players at an edge rusher. I I love I love the Giants defense for once, uh, and they have a great secondary, which I think is going a deep secondary, which is going to help out. And um am um that's the bright spot of the Giants team by far. Over the receiving core, over Saquon coming back, it's the defense. So I, I love the Giants defense. That that's their key to the season. Not not Daniel Jones. But their de, their defense could be like top three to five in my opinion.
0: I know, but it's also I think like we talked about the the worst things that you can have on your team. The biggest gut punch. To your team is a goalie who lets in soft goals in hockey, a place kicker who doesn't make kicks. But obviously, everybody understands quarterback's the most important position in sports. Um, it, so if that guy's letting you down, if he's breaking your back with bad turnovers, I think that can really— uh, Well, he's
1: the, he's the greatest amount of turnovers.
0: Okay, I'm saying. he's Well, that's right. So in, at this point, I don't think he's ever going to be— Danny Dimes is never going to be. That's fine. We can. I find it hard to imagine. I don't want to
1: get into. It's going to be a three-hour podcast. So if I'm going to get into, you, I know you, you calling uh, Gettleman uh, the his errors Saquon and Daniel Jones. I mean, if we want to get into the weeds of that, you could say every single GM's pick that was not the best part of their position is a bad pick. So it's like that's it's dumb. I, I don't agree with that your statement there, but I let it slide.
0: I, don't, I mean, Well, because it's long in the rearview mirror now with Saquon. The mistake was obvious in the moment. I've I've never changed my. It's, it's my a philosophical. Thoughts
1: it's a philosophical thing to say that you can't take running backs. I, I don't. I don't. In terms of the player, it's not a mistake.
0: No, what you can't take a running back is if you were as far away from being a Super Bowl contender as the Giants were when they took Saquon. I right. don't mind you doing it if you feel like we need a piece here and a piece there, and we really might have a path to get into the Naji Super Bowl. Najee Harris was a mistake. No, you're just being. No, because you have you
1: you have a miserable offensive line. So why take a running back?
0: Listen, we're not here to talk about Najee. I'm trying to. I'm trying to. I'm trying to move on at a later date, and you're trying to be a jerk with me. But I was not wrong, and I think uh, the results uh, speak for themselves. I, you know what? I have half a mind to just end it right here, but first, I want to get your thoughts on. The uh, the Rangers dealing away
1: uh, Buchnevich. It's a terrible trade uh, because what everyone expected was okay. They're moving him to to gear up for cap space to to not only get Jack Eichel, but then to extend Mika Zabinajad and and bring in whoever else. Um, And that did not happen as of yet. And it seems like Buffalo wants certain things and the Rangers want to give up other things and they're not going to meet at a middle point. So it seems like Jack Eichel will not be a Ranger. And it seems like we just gave away Pavel Bichnevich for really nothing, Um, which stinks because not only did he finally emerge as a top player on the roster, but also was extremely well-liked by everyone. But the I guess the silver lining is that the you you couldn't really have him and pay him what he's going to command next offseason if you have guys like Kapokako and Vitali Kravtsov who are uh, their young you know future stars he would just killing their ice time and he had to be moved and they kind of have a log jam that position at the wing so I understand why they did it but I think the the end game which was Eichel that not happening not that not coming to fruition is not really sitting well with uh, Rangers fans so look if Kako and and are awesome uh, this upcoming season they both score 70 plus points uh, then it's it's great and the Rangers keep some cap space and they can make moves they have some flexibility um, with the cap which will increase with the tv deals but right now uh, as we record this it's uh it's very upsetting
0: all right well listen i i wanted you to get that off your chest and not let us go too deep into the summer and the hockey off season we're very sad in pittsburgh about the loss of turbo Tanev, a great uh, a great piece for the uh, for a championship worthy roster i don't know exactly what the kraken are going to do with a fourth line guy who uses his speed to fly around recklessly i don't know what that does for a mediocre team. But anyway, best wishes to of uh, an enjoyable figure on the uh, Penguins roster the last few years. And um, just to let you know, like the Giants spaghetti at plus 440, I got to say, I do see some real value there. Washington at plus 270 to win the NFC East and the Cowboys there at plus 105. Bet whoever you like. I am for now, I'm going to stick with my Cowboys pick but it might change before the season kicks off, so there's good news there. But I do like the Giants going over there to it, but at plus 440, that is, those are some uh, some nice odds you can get there. Bet it at uh, FanDuel.com/slash-minus-three. It's the word minus. It's the number three. And I, I, you know, I want to go on record here that I hope we can put this ugliness behind us and have a nice time in Vegas. But it doesn't sit well with me that when I say Saquon was a bad pick for the Giants to make 3 years ago and it was a it, it it made no sense that you come back at me with Najee Harris is is a was a bad pick is, is a is a weird I, and, and, and says something dark about what's in your soul that that's how, that that's what you feel you need to say back that you have to respond in kind like that
1: first of all I'm pretty pro Steelers. Uh, a lot of people like to crush him I'm still saying the Steelers are a double-digit victory team this year number two I'm a huge Najee Harris fan the guy jumped over the entire Notre Dame defense uh when he was playing for Alabama and I I I'm not one of these weirdos who's online and says like, no, this is the exact what your team has to draft. You cannot draft running backs. You cannot draft guards. You cannot draft safeties in the first like all these rules that like only quarterback, only edge rusher, only left tackle. It's so stupid, and it's all it's all like cyclical, and stuff comes around. So people who have like these hard and fast rules, like you can't take like Saquon was running back that like everyone watched in college. And then when he's going to the pros, everyone's like, I want this guy on my team. He's electric, and he has been electric when he's has on the field. So it's like, to me, it's a good pick. Najee Harris, the Steelers needed to fill the Connor hole. He was arguably the best running back in this draft. I'm a fan of the pick. I'm just showing you what could be said about people's philosophies of taking running backs. That's it. <laughs> Lesson Eddie learned. Spaghetti.
0: Eddie Spaghetti holding up a mirror, and maybe the man in the mirror doesn't like what he's looking back at. Powerful stuff, Eddie Spaghetti. Thank you for that. And also Screw. For the rest of you, though, we'll be back after the uh, magical weekend in Las Vegas. Can't wait to get out there and uh, hang out with all the Extra Points gang. You can hang out with the Extra Points gang. Whenever your ears are interested in doing so, you can download all the great shows. From Extra Points, uh, the show itself, on down with me and Cousin Sal. We have a best up uh, best of up there for you to uh, to enjoy right now. Looking back at the past year, Lemon Pepper Parlay. We had uh, the great Martin Weiss join us earlier in the week for uh, some fun conversation about Team USA Basketball and It's Sorry State. All the great shows. Track them down. We'll talk to you on the other side of the weekend. Until then, thanks so much, sports fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven, except for the part with Eddie Spaghetti. That was not. That was That was rude. And you may have just stamped your ticket to not heaven. How about that, Eddie Spaghetti, for being so mean? That's going to be a strike in the loss column when they look at your life resume. The guy at the gates or whatever, when he's checking, he's going to be like, you were rude to Dave that one time, and that wasn't cool. And so you better do something to overcome that in Las Vegas.